This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. Do you have a life? Do you have a life outside of work? <laughs> Not if they're listening to this. Not if you work at people-centric. <laughs> All of you who normally have jobs, but who are now probably not at your job, but listening to this, know that there's probably a crisscross between your personal life and your work life. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. The idea is you as an employee of a company do things outside of work. Things happen to you outside of work. You have passions outside of work. What responsibilities does an employer have or what should an employer do to help support you? in those passions that you have outside of work. And on the flip side, as an employee, what responsibilities do you have for your employer on the things you do outside of work in terms of how it impacts your job? A few years ago, I decided I wanted to be really passionate about community leadership. So I applied for and was accepted into Leadership Springfield. Now, Leadership Springfield is a significant personal commitment uh, for me, which took me away from my job for 10 full days plus extra days to help plan for some of the program days that we were doing. Significant time away from our team. Since then, it wasn't only that one year commitment. Since then, I have actually I've jumped onto the board. I've been a volunteer facilitator. I've been involved with other classes. I've done all of this time. I go to the conferences. We've gotten lots and lots of time away from work. The question is, how much has that impacted our team? There have been times where our team has had to pick up extra work because I've been gone. There have also been times where it has been painful for me being gone from work. Is there a role that, what role does our company play in terms of supporting me to do something that I really like to do? Does that help me as an employee? Does that help the community? Does it help the company? We're going to talk a lot about that balance and what does that mean? So we've got Diana Royalty and Bethany Taff. And of course, we are led as always by our own Matt Griswold to lead our conversation on this idea of work-life balance. All right. Thanks, Don. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Long time no see. I'm talking to my team that I can see through Zoom now. Hey, more than workers. Hello to you too. Welcome to this uh, episode. Now, this is an interesting topic and one that, you know, we did talk a lot about at the beginning, you know, of, of COVID and the pandemic and people were working remotely and then, oh my gosh, how do we, how do we still balance the work and life when they're away from the office versus, you know, uh, whenever everybody was in the office, but now there's kind of a different spin. There's a different spin that we want to be able to put on this work-life balance, not just working remotely, but dealing with the things maybe that we all deal with, not just our employees. In fact, one of the first questions that I would have here, and I, and I don't think we necessarily can get into it, but I just want to illustrate maybe the complexity of this topic. So one of the questions says, it says, how do we handle life and work at the same time? And what a tough question, because there's not just that silver bullet answer. And I think we've heard that from different companies that we work with or employees that are like, well, how am I supposed to handle uh, life and work at the same time? There's just not a great answer for that. And, and it's always, well, it kind of depends. And so where I wanted to start the conversation was maybe some of those steps. I have several things written down, but how do we handle this work and life and work at the same time? Revealing what's behind the curtain, communication, I think, is key, right? But what steps maybe of communication would we have to even approach this topic? Because it's multi-layered. So communication is the cure for imperfection. Don Harkey likes to say that. We like to say that. Uh, so communication is key to starting to evolve this. But 
what steps of communication maybe help us even to figure out this work-life balance? You know, Matt, that's a great question, but I do want to state just as the, as a representative of an employer on this call, it's not that hard to say how to handle life work balance at the same time. What, what I, I just tell our team is that we're your family now. We're your first priority. You know, we pay you good money to be here and you just need to do whatever it takes to be here. That's, I just wanted to represent right. all employers and just say, yeah, just suck it up. I mean, yeah. suck it up. We it's always say team, client, community, right? There's no family in there. There's no other life. It's, it's actually true, Bethany. Yeah, there's no family represented there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, they're distant. I mean, if your family starts paying you, that's different. But, you know, I don't know about your kids, but my kids do not pay us. Yeah, and I think it helps if you can do, deliver that and be extremely snarky at the same time. Just really helps get the message across uh, like that too. So it works really well. So that, I mean, that's it. This is going to be the shortest podcast episode we've right. ever had. So it's like, how do we balance this? It's like, don't. This is your go with what yeah. pays you. Go with what pays you. Don't so follow no, your heart. Follow your so, wallet. So notice we we've had this conversation, and Don is not very far off from what we actually hear from some business owners and some companies as well. So. Diana, I know you were trying to unmute yourself there. I saw you doing that. Like if we're talking about communication, maybe what, what are some of those first steps that we would take and how we handle life and work at the same time? What, what's the thought process? What are the things that we need to think of? I love that you're asking it because I am one of those people that very much compartmentalizes life and work. And I am not very good at saying things like, hey, I need help with something in any aspect of my life. I don't really, not, not good at doing that. That's true. So, right. Yeah. You guys find out about my life through. But I will say that lately with me being a remote employee, I feel like I have to share more so that you guys do understand what is going on in my life and what is going on with work so that we're all connected and that we know what's going on. So I think one of the first steps is just acknowledging that you have a lot of work and you have a lot of life and that sometimes work is harder and sometimes life is harder. And if you are open enough with yourself to know that it, there's no such thing as balance, there's going to be times where you need more from work and times when you need more for home. I think that's the first step in acknowledging like it's never going to work out the way you want it to, but that's the, yeah. Transparency is key in what you were talking about there. Now, this is a, this might this can go to a whole different podcast too. Well, how do I get transparency with my people? I would love for my people to be able to talk to me, but like you know about things like that. Well, they have to have a certain element of psychological safety. They have to feel comfortable. You have to ask the questions. But we're not going to go down that trail just you know on this episode here. But communication, transparency is key. So maybe letting people understand a little bit about them, uh, about themselves to each other, to their coworkers, to their bosses, those types of things helps us build context. Maybe for some of the for some of the reasons they're doing whatever whatever it is that they're doing. What else, as far as communication here, that that uh, you'd like to approach from the life and work at the same time uh, balance? I think you know, communicating at all is really important. Sometimes we talk about the key to communication is just to have a place for it or to have the, to make sure you have the conversation in the first place. Um, I like what, what Diana said. There's no such thing as the balance of it. It's not like you're going to be like, oh, it's constantly balanced and it's perfectly in balance and always in balance and it feels great. There's just times when it is out of balance. But um, I think it's really important. Let's talk about the employer first. It's really important as an employer to encourage the conversation of saying, hey, if you're struggling with something at home or there's something that you're passionate about that you want to explore or do, there's a big benefit 
that will come back around to the employer if you nurture that. And it's hard to see what that is because it feels really soft and you can't always chart the entire course all the way around. One of the one study that we've seen looks at different systems that organizations put into place that really garner engagement. And one of the top systems that are put into place is actually like connection to community. And that's, that's an example of something that a lot of people have that they want to balance in their life. Like I want to volunteer. I want to spend some time in the community. I want to get involved in the community. I want to have friends outside of work. There's a lot of studies that show actually that when an employer fosters that kind of connection, what are you doing? You're helping that employee to feel connected to the community, but they're also looking to you and saying, you've supported me in this and they're connecting those two things together and it makes them more engaged at work. It makes them feel good about the work. So there, there's actually, I kind of put that together to say that having the communication opens up the engagement level for the employee. There's a, there's a business case for this. You know, we, we do something, uh, install something at different organizations that we work with called a department uh, check-in you know, which is a, a intentional, proactive communication meeting from manager to employee. And before we ever get into the metric key scorecard st- stat stuff, we get into relationship building and it's building the relationship. You know, Don, in addition to that, you know, you and I had the opportunity to work with a major manufacturing company for the last few days. And they were talking about some of the takeaways after we were talking about things that build high performance cultures and relationships was spending more one-on-one time with your employees. And it doesn't always have to be work-related. And these, these managers at this large manufacturing company were walking away going, you know, I think that's one of my number one takeaways. I'm going to spend more time one-on-one with my employees. And you would think, wait, they didn't come away with a big revenue stream idea. They didn't come away with a different department or a different line of business. Like, a lot of the takeaways were, I want to spend more one-on-one time with my employees because I recognize in the end, that relationship, there's going to be fruit at the end of that too. Okay. So part of communication, right? It's not necessarily just team building or, or, uh, you know, building the relationship there, but I can also use proactive communication for job clarity, you know, role clarity, job description. So for, if you're listening as manager, boss, leader, you know, team leader, owner, those types of things, Am I building relationships just to build relationships? Not necessarily. I'm building relationships also to be able to engage that person to be more effective at their job too, but the relationship building is part of it. Uh, communication, as far as the job description, let me let me give you a story here that I think is a great example of what this looks like and causes frustration, honestly, on both parties. We had an opportunity to work with a publication in, in uh, Michigan, and one of the leaders of the company reached out to me and said that they have to have a conversation with so-and-so. Now, this is two years ago. This is is pre-pandemic. They have to have a conversation with this employee because the employee has been working from home quite a bit. And it's kind of frustrating because they're not on the meetings that they need to be on, or they're hard to get a hold of, or not as responsive. And I said, well, what does your handbook say about working from home? And they said, we don't have a handbook from working from home. And I said, well, what was the conversation like? And they said, we haven't had a conversation about working from home. And I said, okay, so you're upset that they're not following the imaginary rule that they, you have yet to institute then, right? And she kind of laughed and she said, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess I am, right? And so sometimes communication is just simply being able to list the things. Here's the expectations. I can use the communication tool. It doesn't always have to be building a relationship. I use the communication tool also to be able to lay out expectations, lay out keys to, to, keys to success. 
So recognizing that it's it's a lot in a lot of places the norm is the idea of of working from home, but then managing that work life balance uh, there for managers. So let's talk about managers specifically. So let's say for instance we feel like our employees maybe they're spending more time at the life part and not the work part, and maybe some of their performances suffering. Um, how do we as a manager help get that employee back on track? What's step number one? I mean, I think the first step to that is maintaining the relationship with the employees so you understand what's happening to, to some extent in the personal life. Because if you do that, you start to build some trust so that when those, those issues come up, you know how to deal with it. Uh, it also helps you to prepare a little bit because some of the, some issues, some work-life challenges come unexpected. Some of, sometimes that happens, but sometimes they're, it's based on the stage that people are at in their life. If you, if you are asking and showing some interest as an employer with your employees' personal lives, not that you have to pry too far, but just show some interest you'll collect some information and you'll build some trust over time. You'll build a better relationship. You work better together. And then also, honestly, you'll find out more about what's coming. It allows you to plan a little bit better. Great, yeah, Diane. I yeah, I think the next part is to recognize that you can still hold people accountable to certain expectations, even if they are going through stuff or even if they have things going on at home. So you can give them grace while also being clear about what you still need from them. And I think having a conversation that just says like, Hey man, I totally understand what you're going through. I, I hear you. I know that your focus is here, but these are the three things I need to make sure you're still doing at work and just being very clear and open about it. Because I think the employee knows, yes, I'm struggling. Yes. I'm doing all this focus on home, but also I still have to keep my job. So if you can just be clear with the employee about where you actually need them and then give them grace in a few other areas, I think that's super helpful conversation to have. I like that a lot, Diana. And I wanted to just kind of add to that and tweak to that too. I think you could even, even I like setting the expectations, but then maybe even asking the question back of like, okay, so you're going to be doing this. So what are, how, what's your plan for making up the work, you know, what's your plan for being able to do this? Here's the expectations. We still have to be able to do this, this, and this. What's your game plan for being able to solve that? I think a lot of employers make the mistake of saying, okay, well, I'm really going to help the employer, the employee to be able to fill in the gaps, but then they don't put any, they don't put enough burden back on the employee, if, if that makes sense. It's almost like, so like when I said, I'm going to go do leadership Springfield, I know we all as a team had several conversations about what are we going to do while I'm gone? And then for me, it was like, how am I going to make up for that while I'm gone? What am I going to be able to do differently? When am I going to be available if I'm offline? What, what does that be able to look like? So, you, so you, you, it's really a problem that you have to solve together, not just on one side. And by the way, by solving that together, uh, that's another way of building trust. So then you can leverage those situations that arise and say, yes, I know that you're going to need to be gone for some extra time, or you're going to have to go home early for a little while or whatever the situation is. But now it's like, so what, so how are we going to make up the work? What if yeah. you're not in communication? What if the customer reaches out for you? It, it's, it's solving those together. So they, these sound like these are best practices or these, these are things that managers should do, but is it the responsibility of the company to help the employee balance those? Like not just like good or should do's or like, is it the responsibility of the company to help the employee manage, manage that? It kind of has a different context here on the question, right? It doesn't feel like it can be a hard and fast rule. Like, I don't think you can say like, absolutely, yes, all the time and absolutely no all the time, which is very unsatisfying for some people, I think, to hear. <laughs> but 
<laughs> Did you, were you going to add something, Diana? No, I was just going to say like, yeah, I hate that answer, but it's totally right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you could say for most of the time, I don't think the company has a, do you have a responsibility for the employee in some situations? Maybe like you said, it's kind of, it's probably a balanced answer, but I think it's the wrong way to look at it. Like, like if you're looking at it that way, if you're saying like, what do we have to do as an employer? I think you're, you're going to put yourself into a position where you're going to, you're, you're going to policy yourself into situations. So I, I, like I've worked with some really big corporations and big corporations have to, because they're so large to keep consistency, they have to policy everything. So there's rules about like, okay, if you have bereavement, then you can take this much time off if the person is they, these following relationships with you. And they list like, if it's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandmother, your paternal grand, and they get really specific about that stuff. And it's really impersonal. And then when the company does allow you to do something, I think they lose something. It's like, well, it wasn't because you gave it to them because you were being human and had a good relationship with the person. It's like you gave them because it was in the manual. Or you told them you can't because it's in the manual. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's that, that kind of, to me, like whenever you make it a responsibility, you take away the opportunity that's there. I think the company should look at it as an opportunity. If you have people, I mean, a good example right now, I mean, with COVID, you know, mental health issues in for people are through the roof. They're through the roof. And by the way, if you're listening, like if you're struggling, if you're, if you're going to bed early and you're struggling to get up in the morning and all of those types of things, you know, that that's, those are, those are, are symptoms of some potential mental health challenges and encourage you to get some help for that. That's really, really a common problem right now that's gone through with going, going through a pandemic that people will suffer through. But as an employer, do I have to look for all of my employees to see if they're suffering? No. Do I do as an employer get credit with their employees for helping them? And do they get more even productivity and engagement level from their employees by doing that? Yes. And then is it also the right thing to do? Yes, it is the right thing to do. So I, I, I like the question, you know, but we didn't like the answer to it because it's like, is it a responsibility? Well, you kind of, or you don't have to, but you shouldn't have to have to, I guess is my point. You should want to want to. You should want to want to not have to have to. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So are we saying that employees need to do a better job of compartmentalizing then? Like, is the more more the onus for a work-life balance on the employees? Like, do, do they need to do a better job of compartmentalizing them? That would make my life a lot easier. Like, yes, if you could stop whining about your freaking life, I would really appreciate it. You're not, I mean, Diana is tongue in cheek, kind of. I know that she kind of does that too, but there's a lot of people that, are, that do co-sign that idea, right? This whole, this whole idea of check your personal life at the door and come to work, that's an old school mentality that honestly will not get you very far as far as customer engage or client or employee engagement is concerned. Yeah. And so, you know, is the onus on the employee to compartmentalize more or where does that lie? Bethany? I don't think so. I was thinking about, you know, I think that there's situations that where we've worked with clients and not only are they like drowning at work, but there's also things happening personally for them. And you can't help but those things intermingle. They just, there's just crossover the way that you show up to work because of what you're experiencing at home or outside of the four walls of your workplace is going to impact you at work. And to some extent, I don't think it's healthy <laughs> to, to completely compartmentalize those because you still have to process those things and they're going to coexist. 
But I do think that you, that if, since they do have to coexist, that's why to go back to what we were talking about before, you have to communicate your needs with your supervisor. And that's where it falls on the employee to say, not to say, hey, manager, you're responsible for my mental health 100%. I'm not asking you to counsel me, but here's where I'm at. Here's what's going on outside of work. And here's where I'm at at work. And I need, I need some kind of support at some level. And even being able to bring up just to say, hey, can we have a conversation about this? And the manager to know that you can't control what's happening. You probably can't control what's happening outside of work for them, um, but you, you can help support them internally probably. And so we've seen opportunities where those situations have come up and the uh, a manager is able to say, okay, let's, let's help support you internally. Do we need to hire more people for your area? Um, do you just need some extra support through coaching or through, can we refer you to somebody else to just make sure that you're getting somebody to talk to and gaining that extra support, whatever it might be. Um, or do we need to like, is there some way, are you delegating enough? Can we talk through some of those kinds of things? So I think it's just, I don't know. I probably went off of your question, Matt, a little bit. <laughs> I, well, that was, I was actually going to get right into that too. So, and, and I like your thought too. Like ultimately, even if you said, yep, they need to compartmentalize more, it's not going to happen. Like those yeah. things are going to be intermingling in your, in, in their brain, just because they're not voicing it there. It's still going to be uh, intermingling there. So, but uh, you started to go towards the employee's perspective. So if I'm the employee and I recognize this now, and maybe this external thing is weighing on me or, or it's over, it, it can be overwhelming, you know, what do I do then as, as that employee? I know, Bethany, you just talked about, well, it's time to have a conversation with your manager and, hey, this is going on. Sometimes that's easier said than done. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, if we want to talk about what are the reasons why employees don't do that? One of them might be they don't have the good relationship with the manager. They don't feel like they can. One of them might be it wouldn't matter if I brought it up anyway. There's so much freaking work to do. It's not going to do itself. Like so, I I have now I'm forced to, I have to put life or family, you know, whatever out outside of work on the back burner because I can have the talk, but you know the work is still going to be coming through. Like I don't know how to I don't know how to balance that. And I'm ultimately immediately letting the employer down. Maybe they have a great relationship, but because of that great relationship, I now that's why I can't bring it up mm -hmm. because I know the work is there. I know I'm going to let you down and I don't want to do that. And so we tend to put ourselves on the back burner. Does that make sense? Or am I going? Weird? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that the, I think the key for the employee, like you asked the question, how does the employee bring it up? Right. Yeah. How do you bring it up? And that's, the, I think that the key for, and this is true for a lot of other things too, side note, and probably is even true and a bigger picture for any relationship is it's really what we tend to do is we express only our perspective and we don't acknowledge the perspective of the other party. So, and the, the wrong way to bring it up as an employee is to say like, I signed up for Leadership Springfield and I'm going to be gone for 10 days. You're gonna to need to figure out how I'm going, how you're gonna cover my work. Like that's, that's obviously the wrong way to bring that up. That's basically saying, I decided to do this and now you have to figure out how to make, make, make do for me. You know, I need, a, I need a mental health day, so I'm taking the day off. You better figure out how you're going to cover this. It's, a, it's only looking at your perspective and not the, not the other perspective. I guess the advice would be is to show up and to acknowledge the impact from the employer side. So if you're the employee is to sit down and say like, look, it's really important that I continue to do my job and that I meet these customer expectations and all this kind of stuff. 
you know, but I've also got this stuff going on. Can we talk about this? Because I could use some help in terms of working through this because I don't want to have a negative impact on the job. In fact, I want to make sure I continue to be a good employee and, and, and meet expectations. I think employers really appreciate that. That I think, I think that, again, that's good advice, I think, for any relationship is consider the other side of that. Don't go to my, I want, I want, I want, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. And I think that's a common mistake that employees make. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, think about the other side. May, let's think about the other side through conversation here. So we've been talking about life is too much. How do I bring that up? What if it's the other way? What if it's work is too much? How do I bring that up? That's a different conversation, isn't it? Like, so work is overwhelming work and maybe, maybe it's a series of things. I mean, go back and listen to other podcasts and we talk about the reasons why that might be hard. Maybe there's, maybe there's too much work. Maybe you're not placed very well. Maybe you've been doing it for, you know, for a while and you don't feel valued. Like there's, there's a lot of things, but I think typically when we have the work-life balance, it's how do I balance more life into my work? But what if, what if it's like, I mean, the other way where, you know what, work is just overwhelming right now. How do I have that conversation with an employer or a manager? That, that's a really tough one, Matt. And I think that you have to understand a little bit about like, is the work too much? That seems like a broad question. There's lots of reasons why you might feel like the work is too much. You may literally have too many things to do. You may literally be right. the expectations of what you could do are not and are too high for what time that you have in a day. That, that's, that's one possibility. Probably a more common situation though, is that the that you may not just be managing it very well as an employee like you may not have the right priorities laid out or you may not know what the priorities are or you may not be handling the workflow very well whatever those things are it's a it, i think that there's a different causes for that so i, I heard recently and i got to give credit i want to give credit and a little shout out to logan aguirre at 417 magazine she's a publisher of 417 people-centric partner and a good friend uh, she told me an exercise she did with her team recently that I thought was really, really good is she did an example and, and you can find these on YouTube at this example, but it's this idea of how do you fill space? How do you maximize space? And it's the idea of rocks, pebbles, and sand. If you take a jar, you can fill it full of rocks, right? And you can fill it full of rocks where you can't get rocks in any farther, but then you can take little pebbles or smaller rocks, you know, and you can pour those in and it will fill in the cracks between the rocks. And so you can put more into the jar. And then you think the jar is full, but then you could take sand and you could pour sand into it and it will fill in the gaps between the pebbles. And so that's, that's, it's a, it's an illustration for like maximizing your time. I think a good thing that you could do even as an employee or manager or take this with your team. And she did this with her team recently is sit down and think about your job responsibilities and think about what are your rocks? What are your pebbles? And what is the sand? The rocks are the things that are absolutely critical for you to do that you absolutely have to do and you have to get done. The pebbles are the things you kind of fill in the space. They're still important, but it's kind of fill in the space kind of stuff. And the sand is the extra stuff, all the extra stuff that takes up time, but is really not that important. And I think that exercise by doing that will show you, are you really prioritizing everything really well? And maybe you have too many rocks. That could be the problem. You have too many rocks and you're focused on too many big things. You really have too much stuff to do. But in conversations that I know Logan's had with her team, they've sat down and looked at the rocks, sit down with your employer then and say, look, here's what I did. I did this exercise and show them. And the first question isn't, I have too much stuff to do. It's the question of, do I have my rocks and my pebbles and my sand right? Am I focused on the right things? Am I doing the right things? Because in that conversation, I think you'll find it's not uncommon for the employer to go, I do not know why you spend so much time doing that. That's not that important. You have that as a rock. 
that's not that important. Or you have that as sand and that actually is really important. It's a good exercise to make sure you're on the same page. We've talked about the idea of radical clarity in terms of roles. You know, that I think that's something that you could really explore. I just wanted to give a, a quick, easy tool that you could run as an exercise, either with your team or, you know, even as an employee to work through that and think about what the cause is. Once yeah. you kind of understand what the cause is, even as an employee, then you might approach it a different way. If it's literally, again, you have too much work to do, then it's a different, it's, I wouldn't show up and say, I have too much work to do, you have to figure it out. I would start by saying, let me, let's list out the things that I'm doing and make sure that I'm doing the things that you're expecting me to do, or that you even know what I'm doing. I would start it off that way. I really like that. I like, I think that helps just if you can get that clarity on what your expectations are to make sure that you're spending on, you know, spending the right time. Something that I feel like our team is really good at. And we're, again, we're a small team. So we all kind of ask each other this in different times, but I think it's a good practice for managers to have like in those in those check-ins like we were talking about earlier is just ask frequently asking like what people's capacity is right now and like where they're at to just kind of gauge that so that it just opens up those conversations hopefully before people do get overwhelmed with work to make sure that you guys are on the same page and can work through those a little more proactively. And I think there's another spin to this, and I like both of those both of those thoughts. The other spin to this is is maybe some of those conversations that we have. I don't want to put a damper on the conversation, but some of those conversations we've had with employees that are very, very real. And there might be some people that are listening right now that are experiencing just this too. Were they, you know, working with organizations that we might have one of those employees that kind of pulls us to the side and says, I don't like the person that I've become because of my work. I don't like the person that I am when I go home and I yell at my kids, or I take it out on my spouse, or because of the stress, it's not even the amount of work, maybe it's the people that I'm working with, or the stress of what it is, this person that doesn't have that suitable, you know, release point somewhere to be able to, I don't know, rejuvenate a little bit, and they're just dwelling it. And I know all four of us have probably different experiences with being in front of somebody just in tears, because this job that they applied for that they loved at some point just became too much. And it can become too much again because of the tasks, but I'm talking more, I guess, now it is, has, crossed, has crossed that line to it, maybe it's a toxic environment. And now, you know, just like I can't check my personal life at the door and just go to work, sometimes it's equally hard to check work at the door and just go home and be with your family or your, you know, friends or whatever that looks like too. And I would hope every, every employer listening to that is thinking about their employees and going like, well, I hope that's not true for anybody I hope that they don't go to the job and they're so stressed out and they can't deal with that and they go home and that happens. But I also imagine that every single person on the call and everybody on our team here has had that happen to them, yeah. even if it's short term, even if it's short term. I can think of them the last couple of weeks. I mean, we've traveled a lot. In fact, this week, Matt and I have been at, you know, at doing some client retreats, like some long term stuff and been tired. And I've had three nights in a row where I was out late and three mornings in a row where I went out really early. And like, even just last night, I'll confess, like, like my wife asked me, Julie asked me a question and I kind of snapped at her and I realized like, well, I'm sorry for doing that. I don't mean that. That doesn't mean like I grossly hate my job or anything like that. It's just a moment of like human weakness. Yeah. But if it's, if it's a long-term thing, if it happens regularly over and over again, let me say something really cold from an employer standpoint, that's going to impact productivity. <laughs> oh Yeah. Why should you care about that? Because you're going to, that's going to hurt your employees' productivity, their engagement level, their morale, they're going to be low. It's like, that's going to wear on them. So that there is, there's, there may not be a responsibility for an employer to try to fix that, 
but there is a reason and a very practical reason for the employer to want to try to help the employee work through mm -hmm. that. And I think if you're the employer right now, too, you, you might not be able to think of anybody right off the top of your head that is experiencing that. But boy, I think it's worth just sitting down and think about, you know, talk to maybe your managers that are managers of teams of people that maybe you're not that close to and just see if that's hitting the radar for anybody uh, right now, too. Not only the productivity, it's going to not only impact their productivity, but the team uh, that they're around, too. They're not going to be the only ones that know it. Uh, if it's if it's kind of gotten to that point too, and we want to do our best to be able to salvage that. And if you're the employee, gosh, find somebody to talk to about that. You know, your your family, you know, being able to bear the brunt of that, that's not fair, and that's not that's not what we want either. You know, yeah. and so find somebody to talk about that. And there's a generational thing that's happening here too. When I first got into work, I worked for a company that definitely like it was like we're your family now kind of thing. Like you work there all the time and. And I, and I really bought into that culture because it was a very, very good team. And it was like, bring, I brought my, we had a radio that you could talk to, you could listen to what's going on, like in the, in the, in the plant that I worked in and I would bring it home and have it on. Like I'd be there at, even on my time off and I would listen to it. And sometimes something would happen and I would just like go to work. Like, I'm just going to fly off and go to work. And there was just time where I'm not like, I'm, I'm not spending enough time on family stuff and spending on work time. And, and the work culture was really like that. And they sort of, they really leaned into that. Like, it was kind of like, they talked about that. Like we just work really hard and we're always here and you could always be on call and this is what we do. And they kind of just leaned into that. And what, what I noticed, even as I got older or got, got along in the company a little bit was I noticed that a lot of the people who worked there for a long time, the divorce rate was very high. Yeah, I don't know what the percentages were, but I noticed a lot of people were divorced, a lot of them. Uh, and a lot of people like they didn't have if they were divorced, like they weren't with their kids anymore. They weren't they weren't together with their kids. So, I mean, they had they had kind of lost their family and they had worked long term in the company generation, baby boomers and even Gen Xers to some extent were a lot more tolerant and a lot more willing to do that. I think millennials watched that happen and millennials were the first generation to start to rebel against that. And then Gen Zers are not having it. Gen Zers have a pretty good work ethic in terms of work, but they are fiercely protective of what they consider to be work-life balance. Now, if you're 21 years old and you think you know what work-life balance is, that's that's tough. You probably don't have a good perspective of that. Like that's a little bit different. But I think that 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 the existing generations, the current generations entering the workforce, are going. This is going to be a bigger issue than it has been in the past. I think understanding that and knowing that too, as an employer, you know, is it my responsibility to do it? No, I guess you don't have to, I guess you don't have to, but recognizing the workforce that's coming and the workforce that is, you know, maybe already there just a little bit, but going to be more so you might get ahead of that curve and start proactively having some of those conversations there too. Diana. I love, I love that. I think we should do a whole other podcast on generational differences again, whole new topic, but I do love the phrase of like, is it your responsibility? No, but there is a business case for it. And I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about at People Centric is that sort of thing. Like, do you have to do these things? No. Do you, is it like your corporate social responsibility to do these things? No, but there is a business case for why we are advocating for you to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And and to add to just, you know, we talk about generational differences. I think there's also something to be said for industry differences too, right? Like work-life balance for different industries, it can be really difficult. The first thing that kind of came to mind there with like compartmentalizing and just some, some of those different things was like 
the police. I think that just knowing people that are police officers too, I think, especially over the last year, I know, and that's not just, just them. That's in, this is for, gosh, I think healthcare workers for the past year, so many different, so many different, different industries struggle with that because it is so, it just invades, invades is not the right word, but it just consumes so much of their life that it is a little bit hard to compartmentalize and you're seeing really hard things at work and um, then you're having to come home and figure out how to do that. So I think that's where one, like I think there's some industries that could even beef up how they support their employees knowing those things, but two, like those employees really have to take care of themselves too and seek out extra help um, outside of work too, because those are heavy things and your job does require a lot. And so you've got to be able to prioritize your, your care for your mental health too, and, and for your family. So I like your point too, Bethany, about like, you know, when you say beef up, like how you support, I, I bet there's some small companies out there right now that are like, okay, we're limited resources. If you're a huge corporation, you might have an employee assistance program which by the way, highlights how large companies for a long time have recognized the economic value in that because you don't, in, you don't invest in that type of a program. If you don't know what an employee assistance program is for large companies, they'll have programs where if something happens, if there's a life event that occurs to you, there's phone numbers you can call and counselors available and resources. And the whole idea is to get the employee back to well, um, essentially knowing they're gonna also get back to work. I mean, that's, that's frankly why, why that exists. There's resources like that that even small companies can do. You can think about, you know, if you have, if you hire a lot of, you know, younger people right out of college or just right out of school and they're ready to start, you know, helping them with life skills is a really good idea. You know, just really basic things like that. There's lots of things that you can do. But I'll say one thing is what we know, and we've talked about this before, is that one of the biggest problems that managers and employers have with their employees is they don't talk to them enough. They don't have conversations about anything enough. And so many times, that's why we really emphasize what Matt talked about earlier is that check-in process of just asking the question, like, how are you? Are you okay? What's going on? How's, going? How's the family? Those types of questions so that you can get some of that information. And then the biggest resource that you may be able to provide that a lot of employers fall short on is the one that doesn't cost you anything. It's just the idea of listening to those problems and saying, I'm so sorry that that's happening to you. Or I know that you're struggling with that. It doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm going to pour resources and here's the problems. We're not telling you that you have to solve all of your employees' problems. Like, let's take the pressure off right now. But we're just saying that if you're aware of those problems and you show, and you know, if obviously if you can offer resources, that's great. But if you can't, just offering a little empathy goes a long way. Yeah. Great. Let's go around the table here. And uh, one last piece of advice. Uh, what would we say as our parting shot here individually for this topic of understanding life and work balance there? Diana, you want to start? Sure. I'll say what I always say about work and life balance is that there's no such thing as balance. Quit trying to seek it out. Understand that there are times where work will be more and times when home will be more and figure out how to integrate those two things really well and still keep everything going smoothly. Great, thank you, Diana. Bethany? If you can, um, let's say for, this is specific, I guess, for employees, but if you can communicate early 
and clearly about, about what's going on, um, maybe outside of work and when you're just needing some extra support or to create that balance. So if you know something's changing in your life or whatever, and you can sort of talk to your manager about that and say, hey, just so you know, this is coming up or this is something that's going on with our family or in our life or whatever, we don't know what's going to happen or we don't know the outcome or blah, blah, blah. That's okay. I think it's just kind of giving a little bit of a heads up so that they're aware of it, that when things, when things do transition or when there's a change related to that thing, they can, they can be aware of it and ready to support you and then just can continue to maintain that communication. So I know sometimes that can't always happen. Things, sometimes emergencies come up and you just don't, you can't plan for everything, but when you can give as much heads up as possible. Thank you, Bethany. How about you, Don? I think as a leader, you can show a little compassion without coddling. I think when we talk about work-life balance, I think there's some balance in that, right? It's you can, you can show compassion and listen and say, look, there are challenges here, but at the same time, I don't think you have to coddle the employee and say, okay, great. Now I have all of these problems to fix for myself. A lot of times you can't fix all the problems with your employees and you really shouldn't anyway, because your employees need to own those problems really to make it, make a fix on those. However, if you're showing some compassion, a lot of times you can be a resource, which really builds trust between you and your employees, which also builds engagement, which improves performance, which improves profit. Uh, there's, there's a business case for this and it's just the right thing to do. It's just better. It makes work better. Yeah, I agree. I would say just because they don't say it doesn't mean they don't think it or feel it. So don't be that manager that says, well, nobody's brought anything to me. So I assume everything is okay. Be proactive, be uh, intentional, talk to your people, just create a space. That's all I'm asking. Just create a space for the conversation to happen. And let's see if they don't take advantage of that space. So we hope that you got something out of this podcast here. If you have other topics you'd like us to talk about, then feel free to uh, interact with us and be able to bring those additional questions. Or maybe if you have feedback on some of the content that you've heard, we're always open to that feedback too. So thank you again for joining us and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.